Within our formation as disciples, we often err towards particular ways of growing in our relationship with God. The aim of this five episode podcast series is to embrace the contrast within our faith, the two sides of the same coin as it were, so that we may find ourselves growing more into the image bearers we were called to be. Before we get into things, remember if you've missed any of this conversation series or you want an easy way to share the series with a friend, head to this website, uh, svc.org.nz slash headsandtails. You can find all the messages and these special conversation episodes right there on the one page. This is Heads and Tails and I'm your host, Calvin. DG is away today. Um, But in in this episode, I'm joined by Stanley and Fran and we're talking about growing in our faith in seasons where God uh, is or feels really present uh, and in seasons when it actually feels like God is absent. So Fran and Stanley, welcome to you both. Thank you. you, How are you guys feeling? Pretty good. I'm feeling like a long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And I'm feeling like a first-time host, so there you go. Um, Well, first of all, I just want to say a fantastic job Sunday, and I think it prompted a lot of fantastic conversations, even just uh, after church, in the seats, out in the foyer, and so a really special thing to be a part of, so thank you to both. Um, I just want to sort of uh, start off by by looking at a few things. Stanley, uh, at the very beginning of your message, and I think rightly, you spoke about uh, that this was not a sermon about experiencing God in good times or in bad times, and or you know, it, it was more about recognizing the presence of God across any of those seasons. So for some people, uh, experiencing God uh, happens within really tough times and other people actually feel like he's not there at all in those sorts of times. And so it was really about this idea of, of noticing uh, that tangible presence of God. And I think even you commented a little bit uh, on that as well, Fran, um, and you sort of spoke, I like this phrase of sort of banking up. It's really important for us to sort of bank up our spiritual experiences. And so maybe as a starting point, um, it would be great to just hear both of your thoughts. Why is it important for us to take note of when it is that we're encountering God or, or experiencing His presence? Yeah, um, great question. And I think, you know, just in terms of the whole good and bad, it's so easy to default to the, if my life's going good, then my relationship with God must therefore be good. Um mm. But if we're not actually conscious of whether we sense that closeness of God or whether we're interacting, connecting with Him well, then then we can really miss something mm. in either the good or the bad season, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just that that consciousness. We we want to do life with God, uh, and so whatever the journey may be taking at the time, we want to we want to be conscious uh, of what God's actually doing in in our worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that sense of placing uh, perhaps a, a value judgment on um, if I feel that God is close, then that's good. And if I feel that God is far away, that is somehow bad, isn't helpful. Mm-hmm. But it invites us to discern what's happening in that sense of um, perhaps not feeling close uh, to the the thinking around sort of banking the case, which I want to credit Stanley for, really, because I am no cyclist. <laughs> you only have to look at me. Um, There's always but, hope, friend. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Every yeah, cyclist is an evangelist. <laughs> <laughs> um, just the, the sense of um, taking care of our own soul is such a 
beautiful thing for us to do. I, I heard someone say once that we we get to craft our soul. And so it's not something that is just abandoned to God and that God just does it. We're engaged in this uh, beautiful formation of our soul. I wouldn't want people to think that it's just about banking spiritual experiences because that may lead people who feel they haven't had much in the way of maybe peak and wonderful experiences to think that there's nothing to bank. It's really, I think, that sense of just putting in the the time, opening ourselves to God, Mm -hmm. spending time in prayer, with the scriptures, in nature, with other people that we know and love who also love Jesus, and that that's how we bank the Ks. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's super enjoyable and really easy. And sometimes it's a bit more challenging, uh, but I think the key, a, a lovely um, priest described it one day as being praying as you can and not as you cannot. Mm. And so it's really doing, uh, particularly in those good times, the things that come to us easily, and then in the hard times doing the things that come to us easily, mm. rather than flogging ourselves trying to do things that don't seem like a natural fit, which is a great moment to kind of throw back to Stanley, maybe to say a little bit about the sacred pathways. Yeah, yeah. I um, I mentioned on Sunday that I had been uh, enjoying just exploring through Gary Thomas's different pathways. So yep. he he kind of brings it down to nine different pathways. Um, and I would really encourage. Uh, we probably don't need to go through all nine no, of them no, right no. now, <laughs> but I would really encourage people to dig into that a little bit. Yeah, just and go to the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's lots of uh, summaries of it online and mm. everything like that. Um, and I just found it helpful to put some language around my own walk, I guess. Um, and I found it fascinating too because mm. some of what I read in terms of the way that others would connect well with God, I just thought, no way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I wouldn't find life what? in that. <laughs> Walking into a, a blank, a <laughs> a blank yeah. white box. I was like, no, no, that, that, that wouldn't be me. <laughs> oh, man. Isn't yeah. it fascinating, right, that God might be present to us in unique and special ways? <laughs> what a novel idea. I know, I know. <laughs> But it's so true, you yes, know, like yes. we, 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 even though we would never say that, yes. we actually uh, proclaim that in different ways yep. throughout a lot of our Christian world. You know, we, we kind of say, okay, this is the way that you should connect with God. You should have, um, uh, put a number on it, a 20-minute Bible yes. reading, yes. then you should pray for 10 minutes. You know, whatever the numbers are, we kind of... Early in the morning. Yeah, it yeah. has to be early in the morning. <laughs> and then those pastors who are like, I read my Bible two hours every day. It's like, how do I live up to that, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But God's just so broader and bigger and, you know, just, there's such a greater invitation than that. He didn't cookie cut us, yes. so why should we try and cookie cut? Yes, others yeah and god is so compassionate yeah yeah and so if we lose sight of the compassion and and love of god the radical scandalous grace which you know includes us even when we least deserve to be included then our image of god actually is is hugely significant in our spiritual formation and so if we think you know deep in our hearts even unconsciously that god is the policeman, the the um, the punitive judge, um, 
the the person sort of snooping on them, uh, that makes it very hard to to be open and and to feel that whatever it is that you're doing devotionally is acceptable. Mm, yeah. Am I doing enough? Am I doing it right? Those things can be great hindrances. Yes. So again, the Sacred Pathways gives us a chance to recognize some things about our own inner life so that we can do the things that are nourishing for us. And then to that time that where we might be in darkness, we've got some handholds, yeah. some practices that are already there. Um, and they don't have to be daily. I mean, they are for some people, but other people are just simply more random than that. So it's just about what is nourishing yeah. and, and doing those um, to the best of your ability. Mm. And that when it is a time of darkness or the sense of God not being close, you've still got some things to lean into. And it may be in those times that the prayer forms or uh, the things that you found repellent are the ones mm. that really see you through. Mm. So even knowing that there are options mm. are in, is incredibly good for when you're not feeling like you're bouncing along on the mountaintops. Yeah, well, I think that that's really beautiful. Um, if you are listening to this and you you may be in a, a group setting, now might actually be a really good time to, to just press pause on this podcast and maybe just have a little conversation around what what entering into the, or leaning into the presence of God looks like for you? What has that felt like in good times or bad times? Um, and maybe just have a little conversation about why that's important to you or what that looks like. If you know some of your sacred pathways, that would be a cool thing to talk about as well. But press pause. But as for us here in this circle, um, we're just going to keep going <laughs> a little bit. Uh, so Fran, uh, one of the things I loved was your assertion right at the very beginning of your message, uh, which was all about this fact that that God is never absent, that mm. God is love and God is love present. And it was like you, you used three or four different brilliant points to, like, to really drive it home. Um, and I think that that was uh, powerful for, for even for some people in the room to just have someone sort of stare them down and through a microphone say, <laughs> you know, like he's... <laughs> He's not not there, you know, and uh, and but I'm also very aware that 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 absence is a is a um, a deeply painful p- feeling for people, mm. and that uh, and that it can feel like being abandoned by God, mm. and even you know on the podcast of that sermon, you can actually hear some of the ways that people feel that and experience yeah. that. It's very tangible, and so I guess uh, how. Uh, how could we create space for people who are experiencing that, or, or what what kind of things can can we, can we say or, or do to to at least start journeying towards the truth, or or, or at least find some rest mm. um, uh, or some solace in that truth that God is there, even if we're perceiving Him to be absent? Look, I just think it's so important to make the distinction that the felt or perceived mm. absence of God is a perception. Yes. Mm. And so our feelings of God's presence are not God. Yes. They are mm. a, a manifestation of God's presence, but that's not God any more than our metaphors and images of God are God. They are a way that we come to know God and they're very real to us, but even they change over time. So I think that um, having utterly as our foundation the the deep understanding that God is never gone and cannot be God mm. cannot be absent from us uh, and cannot withdraw 
love from us because God is love and it is in God that we live and move and have our being. That said, I think it's so important to, uh, and why this is so wonderful, is to create an atmosphere and a community in which people are not shamed by not experiencing God right now. Mm. That we recognize it as an entirely normal aspect of spiritual experience, Mm. of our growth even, because there's something about even welcoming and acknowledging the sense of absence and opening that to God instead of perhaps fretting that you've kind of broken the relationship with God irrevocably or just kind of going off in a huff. Uh, Although that, a friend of mine said to God, I'm not talking to you right now, but you can talk to me if you want to. (laughs) So, you know, there there are ways of working with this, of just being so honest with God, which Mm. is why Psalm 88, which we used uh, on Sunday night, is is so good. Um, It just invites us to utter honesty about how we feel and how things are for us and that God welcomes that. And it was... Uh, often said when I was in my um, late teens and and early 20s, there was this ghastly saying that if you're not as close to God as you used to be, guess who moved? And and that used to make me feel stink. Mm -hmm. And actually what I've learned over time and and as as God has shown me and taught me, God moves. Mm -hmm. God moves. Mm -hmm. God isn't frozen and this isn't a relationship that has no living dynamic. Mm. So when we speak of God as unchanging, we're not saying that God is frozen in place, mm. but that God's love never changes, mm. that God's justice is beautiful. And so as we grow in love and trust of God, we're able to then recognize our darknesses and those moments of absence and discern what this means rather than freaking out. Yes. Yeah. And so even for you, Stanley, I think you spoke a little bit about, you know, in, in a particularly um, troubling or a hard season for you guys that, that you are sort of having these very tangible presence type things. Yeah. And your wife, Rachel, was having these very absent type That's things. Right. Yeah. And so even within the context of your family, what did it, what did it look like to create that space and, and, and sort of love each other and work with each other and, and sort of move towards that? Like, what did, what did that feel like? And, 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 and what does that even look like within the context of wider community? Yeah. Well, that's a great question, Kelvin. Um, in reality, it felt very difficult. Um, mm. And one of the reasons why it felt difficult was because our experience wasn't the same, people would tend to say something along the lines of, man, you, you must be feeling God's comfort right now. Um, or we're praying that, you know, you just sense God surrounding you at the moment and so for me uh, that fitted fine you know because because I did and I was experiencing that Um, but it wasn't the same for H in reality you know she really did have that sense of abandonment um, and a lot to do with you know history and what had gone on you know previously in our lives and what had kind of been our our, our bedrock, so to speak, of of causing us to react in that way. Um, but because we were experiencing difference, 
there in reality there was there was conflict you know there was there was a sense of this is not this is not working mm-hmm. um and uh and we weren't really in an environment that was too prepared to kind of foster that the default was you should be experiencing god's comfort now right um but if i was to go through that part of my life again i, I wouldn't wish that yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. or upon anybody else but in reality we go through difficult seasons to have the reality of something like this where we actually acknowledge um that it is part of our journey that sense of presence or absence and we're able to walk in that together that would be a far more healthy good mm. thing oh, i love that yeah and you know to that sense of profound abandonment which i i guess you were asking me just before again the incarnation jesus as God and human is just so hugely important for us that in the Garden of Gethsemane, there is the picture of someone feeling that sense of abandonment. Mm. And I, I don't think it's the cross, that the idea that Jesus was abandoned by God, I, I, I don't think actually is terrific theology, mm. that God went to the cross. God mm. was there. Uh, and endured the whole thing. So uh, even the the psalm that Jesus quoted, you know, that expectation yeah. uh, that he would have had in saying it, that people would have filled in the blanks, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me, is a perfectly acceptable thing to say as we feel it. But if we track through with that psalm, we also see where it goes. And so sticking with Jesus in the abandonment as you feel it yes. is probably the best thing that you can do I think that is a, a deeply profound theological thought and something worth worth thinking about um, once again if you're in a group and you are listening to this uh, it actually might be a really good idea to just press pause uh, on us for a little bit and bring your own voices into the mix uh, maybe I think there would be uh, a conversation worth having around what it looks like to create space to journey through these things uh, within a community what kind of community is it you want to foster within your home within your group uh, within your church what would you love to see happen that would be a really good thing uh, to talk about um, and just coming back to us, uh, uh, I thought it was really interesting that once again, like with this subject, there are so many things that just prop up in tandem. It's like, it's, it's so hard to look at Stanley's notes without seeing bits of Fran's notes like mm. emanating through it. It's, yeah. it's like, this is, this is not something that's, dis, you know, sort of distinct mm. uh, or exclusive of one another, but actually that this is, this is something that tracks, tracks through all of us and sort of presses into each other uh, and one of the things that came through and I loved Fran when you sort of spoke about the core you know some of the causes of, of this absence that there are these external causes and uh, that there are these internal causes um, but one of the things that sort of came was this sort of scary word of, of sin right mm-hmm. which is this word that we kind of all know or we see in the Bible or we kind of change it or it gets it gets uncomfortable but actually it's a really important thing to talk about so uh, just for you guys, like, what do you, what role do you sort of see that playing, and 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 what sort of invitation do you feel like is it is it sort of extended to us in the discernment of of maybe what's going on for us, or can we kind of unpack that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of old school sort of phrases: sins of commission and sins of omission. So the sins of commission are the things that we we do that are willful and that we know that we shouldn't, and the things that 
the sins of omission are the things that we fail to do that should have been done. And so um, that sort of paints a bit of a, a picture of it, it's sometimes our act of doing and sometimes it's our act of not doing. Um, and so it, in that sense of feeling separated from God, I would say that when we are justifying our behavior or we're more interested in our gratification than in uh, anything else, so, and it happens to all of us. So this is not being down on anyone. It's like this is our, our human nature at, at play. But if, you're, if we are sensing um, some separation from God, it might be good to sort of examine our conscience and our consciousness and see if there is somewhere along the line that we have uh, dialed something of our own up, which has meant that our sense of God's presence has uh, not isn't as strong as it used to be. And that can be because we are unconsciously suppressing it. Mm. So it's not that God has has gone, but it's that we don't really want to be paying much attention to it. And yeah. so that's a bit of a, a wrestle for us. But there's always a way back. That's the thing. We're all prodigals every day, often many times a day. So it's that image of God thing. Who am I returning to? Mm. Oh, the one who loves me. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so that's why I emphasized on Sunday night, you know, just stop it, you know, <laughs> yeah. that you're loved. Yeah. And so if you know you're loved, you can return. And that sense of uh, presence is likely to return. Yeah. In, in repentance, uh, it should be... A beautiful word to us, mm. you know mm. that that we we you know we do sometimes think of sin as being scary or bad, and don't want to talk about it. But in reality, repentance is a is a, an incredible word, an incredible concept that we have with God, mm. um, where we have the opportunity, we have the invitation to come back. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that that's stunning. And so as we as we sort of draw towards something of a close, I, I just want to come back to this, this, this word or this idea that, that comes through the whole time, which is this idea of invitation. Um, you, you sort of, one of your final points was that, you know, the absence of God is sometimes an invitation because there's a changing in his image of who he mm. is. Um, there's this invitation to discover new pathways that, you know, that whether he feels distant or whether he feels really near, there's an invitation to, to know him more or to seek him for, um, to long for him more. Mm. Um, and, and so as we come towards just this, like, just this final thing of invitation, what, what invitation would you like to extend or, or to be known to people who may be sitting in either camp? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, it's the invitation of God to, to journey with him. Um, and that journey is, is dynamic and life-giving and uh, something that we can we can enjoy with God. It's not a, it's not a, I became a Christian one day and I'm going to heaven, tick. Yeah, yeah. It's a, come, come journey with me, come walk with me. I, I love that concept of with, you know, and we're coming up to Christmas time, Emmanuel, God with us. But the presence of God with us, walking through life in step, um, is just a, a, a magic concept that we can actually have with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, and I think uh, there's a beautiful phrase in Isaiah about the treasures of darkness. 
And you can only find some of these treasures if you have been in the dark. Mm. And so that would be an invitation of God to you if you are in a time of perceived absence of God, a time of some spiritual darkness, that there are treasures that you are invited to seek and that the people in the bright sunshine won't be able to find these. They're for you. So... um, be comfortable to sit with your your darkness and to discern what it is. Has is, is it come to you externally from change? Has it come to you externally from um, things that you have done or not done? Is it something that's happening internally in you that is a deep invitation from God to discover a new image of God and that it's God who's actually sort of turned the lights off so that you can adjust your eyesight to a different That is beautiful. So if you are are still in your group and and are still tracking with us and and having some great conversations, uh, now may be a really good time to just just wrap up with this podcast and actually um, spend some time in prayer with one another and maybe become aware of, of what invitations are coming to the forefront in the room. What invitations are there for you personally? What invitations are you being invited to extend towards others Uh, I think that would be a really lovely way to end any time together I I can only imagine sitting here with the two of you Um, but Fran and Stanley I just want to thank you guys for for joining me and and just for your for your work and just the and just what you brought to us today and what you brought to us over the weekend Uh, it was really special Um, I want to thank you guys who are listening um, and I just want to encourage you if you've missed any of the previous episodes or if you haven't listened to uh, the sermons from Sunday yet uh, they're all on our website uh, svc.org dot nz uh, slash heads and tails uh, check them out uh, they're absolutely fantastic and uh, either join us this weekend or the or the next time that you're not listening to a podcast get along to our church and and, and don't miss out the final part of this series which is happening uh, this sunday vic is going to be talking uh, about h- how we grow in our personal sort of time and i'm going to be talking about what it means to grow in our faith uh, in the context of community so it's going to be really special so god bless you all thank you so much for being with us on this week's edition of the heads and tails podcast and we will talk to you and see you soon